0: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We are live, but we gotta let it breathe as we bring on Facebook here. And then we're gonna get fully started on tonight's show. But guys, I know we're late. We're a little bit late every night. But tonight we're a little bit late for a good reason, right? Peyton Manning goes into the Hall of Fame, but once. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, your initial impressions of Peyton's
1: speech, and then we'll dive into some, some Denver Broncos stuff. I thought it was classic Peyton Manning. I I mean, the guy just has a way of working the room. He just has this magnetic star power to him, no matter what he's doing, where he is, or what the occasion is. I love the little jab he took at Tom Brady. I, I love that he's almost setting himself up, and Adam Schefter tweeted this as well, Sounds like he can be in the running for commissioner of the NFL one day. Crazier things have happened. And, Chad, we've, we've answered this question for years now. What's the NFL job that Peyton Manning would come back for? Not Broncos head coach or Broncos GM, not even maybe Broncos owner, but NFL commissioner. I think that would be the gig that would pull Peyton back to the NFL. And based on the way he was talking, I think that he's leaving that door open for when Goodell walks away. I would love to see that, as I'm sure you and everyone else would as well.
0: Man, the possibilities are endless in that sense. But uh, it was cool seeing Steve Outwater go in. Yes. John Lynch, look, John Lynch, I do consider to be, you know, it's like my argument I made to Thomas Hall the other night is, you know, if they were here for four years, it's like the Broncos Ring of Fame minimum is the four years, right? If they were here for four years and contributed to not only great team success but stacked individual accolades, then hey, man. They're a Bronco in John Lynch's case. I still still to this day, maybe it's because there's been so much time that has passed since he retired. I still think of him as a buck. I don't feel that way about Peyton. I don't feel that way about Gary Zimmerman who spent the majority of his NFL career in Minnesota, but it was really cool. And I'll, I'm not going to lie gang. when Steve Atwater was being introduced by Dennis Smith you know, I got a I got a little bit verklempt, as they say, just a little bit. And there was a few points during Steve Atwater's speech where I was just like, is this real? Steve Atwater finally made the Hall of Fame. So a great weekend for Broncos country.
1: It, it really was. And, you know, we always talk about the snubs and there's many others out there. You know, Carl Mecklenburg being one of them. But, Chad, seeing Steve get in and it's, it's rare – you know, it's the same way. Someone's always cutting onions in that situation because he deserves it so much. Steve Atwater, we can attest to this personally, is one of the nicest human beings to to roam this planet. And we have the pleasure of meeting Steve Atwater and conversing with him. I am so happy for him. I'm so happy for Broncos country. And I'm so happy for the franchise, Chad. I think this is the first of many good things to come in the near future.
0: Real quick, guys, before we get to matters of business, BNS jumping in. Thank you for the super chat, my friend, to say Drew continues to make throws. Teddy Bridgewater can't. Let him get reps. That's the argument, right? For every rep that you give Teddy Bridgewater with the first team, you're taking one away from Drew. You know, the issue here at hand is not who has the most talent per se, right? It's who can put it all together in the most consistent streamlined way in, in many senses. And look, I mean, there's a clip from today's practice, Zach, the Broncos ultimately chose not to hold a, their scrimmage at the stadium because of bad air quality and whatnot. Fangio was swayed by the medical staff that said, Hey, let's just stay indoors. Let's do go into our indoor stadium and, you know, let the smoke blow over, so to speak. But, you know, Drew made a throw during that practice. And there's a clip of it floating around from Broncos Twitter to Cortland Sutton and, it's beautiful. You know, you see that arm strength. You see how it can be. It's just Zach. they need to stop being few and far between or, you know, yeah. it's, it's the roller coaster component that he's got to figure out a way to put behind him.
1: It's true, yeah, and it's so funny because on KK earlier today, and thanks for everyone who t- tuned into that. I even made it a point because we talked about Drew Locke's not so great Saturday practice, and I said watch him come back the next day and look really good. It's just the roller coaster of Drew Locke, and that's the only thing giving pause to Broncos country and maybe even the Broncos coaching staff over Teddy Bridgewater is the inconsistency. But you can see, even Noah Fant said, "Chat today." There are throws that Drew Locke can make that Teddy Bridgewater just cannot. Teddy has more loft to his ball, but Drew can just fit them in anywhere. And I'm not grading practices. I'm not keeping a scorecard, but I am judging plays based on their own merits. And that throw to Cortland Sutton was probably Drew Locke's best throw at training camp so far. I mean, look it up for yourselves, guys. Your eyes don't lie to you. That's a throw that few quarterbacks can make and Locke can.
0: Real quick, guys, we got to shout out our phenomenal superstar senders on Facebook. We've got a Jersey to give away Von Miller. When we reach 500,000 stars on Facebook, we are going to raffle that bad boy off and it's going to go to those who are given the stars and the number of stars that someone gives and contributes to this goal of 500,000. We are going to break it up and that equals however, you know, more tickets in the hat, so to speak. So the more stars someone puts in, the more tickets they get, And you can see right here what the leaderboard looks like. Travis Weber narrowly edging out. Zeus McPeak at number one. Zeus number two. Claude Riley at number three. Gary Leeds Palmer, the freaking legend himself, at number four. Andrew Lamp, number five. Pete Middleton, number six. This is, by the way, over the last month. Uh, Andrew Baker, number seven. Matt Beatty, number eight. Michael Ronquillo, number nine. Travis Tarbox, number 10. And then Zebulon. Barely outside the top 10, Alexander Emert, Shane Daniels. Th- those are the top 13. So, guys, thank you for the stars. Send them. It's going toward that 500K goal. And then someone gets something cool. And, Zach, it's not just going to be the Vaughn jersey, which is cool in and of itself, but a little something, a little kind of personal um, memento, keepsake from Zach and myself.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you guys don't want to miss that. And um, this is our way to kind of give back to you guys and reward Broncos Country, or our listeners for uh, their continued support on Facebook. Since we've launched the Stars, you guys have been attacking at gangbusters, and we can't thank you enough for that. So keep entering, and uh, one of you guys will receive something really, really cool from Chad and I.
0: Really quick here, guys, some matters of business just reminding you how to connect with us on social media, starting with Twitter, at Pod. Oh, no, that's actually the incorrect Twitter handle. I got to fix that right now. Come on, Jensen. Here, I got to fix this. Huddle Up Pod. Done. This is the account, gang, for those of you who like to uh, read along with us as we go live at Huddle Up Pod, at Mile High Huddle. My partner in crimes, at Kelberman, at Calberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. That covers Twitter. Also, guys, make sure you are uh, following and liking our Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Easy to find facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod if you want to navigate on your browser or just open up the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, give us a like, give us a follow. We have a t-shirt to raffle off from last week because, Zach, I forgot to do it Thursday night. So we will take care of that by the end of tonight's show. As long as you're liking and following the page, guys, you're in the running for that giveaway every single week. And then also kindly consider becoming a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. Facebook, big blue button at the top of our page. Click that, five bucks a month. Yes, you're supporting the cause. You're helping to keep the lights on here at MHH, but you're also getting something in return. And that is our premium podcast content, starting with Kelberman's Corner every Sunday, the Trickle Zone on Saturdays at noon, uh, Broncos Book Club with yours truly every Saturday at 2 p.m., and more is coming. So go over there, give us, a, give us a sub. It all chips in and supports the cause. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang. Hey, it's all good. Just make sure you're subscribed, like this video kindly. I mean, that's a a small thing you can do, just a kindness you can do that actually helps us out tremendously, especially if you're on YouTube or uh, Facebook. And then if you think we're doing a good job or at the very least you respect the effort, then share this video out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, real quick here, Zach, I want to say hello to a few people who've been chilling in the chat. Jewel, what's going on? William, what's going on? Mo, our uh, moderator, Dylan, in the house. Gear Gains Games is with us tonight. That's great. Dennis Woods, good to see you guys. Kenneth Patterson, let's, uh, and Dave Glassman, what's going on, buddy? Dale, love Dale. Dale is responsible for my teenage son's entire summer entertainment. So thank you, Dale. PS5, hashtag. All Colts grow up to be Broncos. Cheers, Peyton. Game this weekend. Now it really feels like football. Hashtag priests and beasts. Hope you're doing well, John. And thank you, Dylan. Yeah, all good, all good. Zach, it's interesting. We are now in a game week, right? Uh, the the first preseason game is Saturday night at the Minnesota Vikings. Thank but God. You, but talk about Peyton Manning going into the Hall as a Bronco. Which look, I guess I'm wrong because my understanding was that you that players, Hall of Famers, no longer had to choose what team they're going into the Hall. But it appears to be maybe a little different with Peyton. Well,
1: I, I you know, the NFL is still branding it like when they're, uh, Uh, publicizing graphics on social media. They have like half Colts, half Broncos, but there was like a hall of fame set up that various media members shared on Twitter and on Peyton Manning's section was a Broncos logo. There was no Colts logo to be found. So, you know, we talked about the success that he had in Indianapolis for sure at the first part of his career, but as you and I were talking about before the show, Jim Ursay and the Colts kind of kicked him to the curb in, in 2011 with that neck problem, Chad, and that they got Andrew Luck and they just discarded him like he was nothing, like he was no one. And I think maybe. This is speculation, but maybe uh, he has more of an ax to grind than he's letting on with the Colts franchise. And he won a title with Denver, went out, and Into the Sunset is a swan song. And I think he holds them in higher regard. There's a reason why he's at Broncos practice every year, not Colts practice. There's a reason why he's the Broncos intern on social media, not the Colts intern on social media. I think his heart is in Denver.
0: It's pretty cool that he also, while he's up there, he's like, you know, there could be more Broncos, Colts and Broncos in the hall, just saying, which is absolutely true because as much as Broncos fans have justified great reason to complain about being snubbed and underrepresented in the hall, the Colts have the same problem, Zach, and they have, you know, they've rectified that somewhat in the past few years, I guess, with Peyton, Marvin Harrison going in, but there are many deserving guys over the history of that club. I mean, they kind of had a, I don't know. They kind of had a bad run there for a minute,
1: but there's a lot of guys that are deserving. Top of my head, um, Dwight Freeney, maybe Robert Mathis. I mean, it, they really were an offensive franchise under Peyton Manning, and before them, they were kind of, you know, mired in mediocrity. Remember? I believe they were part of the AFC East for a while until they moved to the south, the Indianapolis Colts. So they were really kind of a irrelevant franchise before Peyton Manning came along. But, yeah, I like how he advocated, and fairly, he doesn't want to – Alienate himself or piss off the Colts fan base that's that was so good to him. I don't think his beef is with the you know the fans. So I like that he said both, but for sure he has a point about Denver. At least Chad, I think they're way underrepresented in Canton,
0: big time. Because the the big difference between say the Colts argument and the Broncos argument is sustained decades of prolific success. Yes, the Broncos have I say only but three world titles right. But they went to Super Bowls, they've been eight times, right, the Broncos, spanning the 70s, 80s, 90s, that's three decades, missed the 2000s, appeared in two more in the 20-teens. The Colts have been to, uh, what is it, two? Is it two Super Bowls? One with Unitas... Now I'm now now I'm trying to remember my my Colts history, but either way, it's a drop in the bucket, Zach, relative to what the Broncos have achieved. And there are so many, so many deserving guys who contributed to that success, including Dennis Smith, the man who, of course, introduced Steve Atwater for the Hall of Fame, Carl Mecklenburg, Brandon Gratishaw right now, in my opinion, is the top of the list. But Rod Smith, I mean, I could go on.
1: It's such a proud franchise. It's it's that's a you know a revered franchise, a successful franchise, a winning franchise. There you know there was the Pat Boland standard for a reason, and that's why it's been so disheartening the last five years. The Broncos have fallen so far off the map, and I think you know that's why we are encouraged that they're going to get back to that point very soon, relevancy and back to their winning ways.
0: That's right. Now now I understand my confusion. The Colts. As a Baltimore club, multiple NFL championships, and then they have the 1970 World Championship and the 2006 World Championship, Conference Championship. Uh, they've got three. That's right, because Peyton lost one to uh, Drew Brees. So, three AFC titles, two rings, compared to Zach eight uh, AFC titles and three rings. I mean, it's you, no, you can't even you can't even compare it. All right. Let's see what else is in the chat here tonight. I do want to get to an interesting, um, some arith- some interesting arithmetic from Mike Cliss and the Nine News gang about who, how the scorecard looks. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Chad, did you see Mike Cliss run down the, the parade? I think it was. He put that on social media. I never saw Mike Cliss run before, but it, it was like Darren Rovell running. No, it was like I, Darren, I missed that. that. Yeah, the cringe Twitter Hall of Fame.
0: <laughs> Love you Mike. Yeah. God God bless him, you know. Does great work, breaks a lot of news, <laughs> yes. you know. Hey, give the man his due. Maybe you should stay stationary though. Has no. a hard time with Twitter, right? Has a hard time yeah. with Twitter. Um uh let's see here. We missed No, we got Let me see if I can find Jess here on Super Chat cuz the stream just did a jump. I want to grab him and then we'll see what else is on Everybody's mind. Looks like <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh looks like it might have jumped him. Let me double-check that. Nope, nope, there he is. Jess, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. Guys, your super chats, it all adds up. It means the world to Zach, myself, all the podcast hosts. It's literally, especially during the offseason, is what what literally is funding this content, funding these shows. It's fan-funded. So thank you, Jess. Appreciate your support. He says, to 100 more years of football, thanks, you guys, for covering the Broncos and cheers. You got it, buddy. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, without further ado, let me let me pull up this. Let me pull up this uh, tweet from, from old Mike Cliss here. Get it in the frame. Do a share screen. Um, Mark says, but they didn't have all that great players for a long time. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, here is the arithmetic. How is the quarterback battle shaking out? I'm just going to go ahead and... and quote my closest tweet thanks to Ariel or Will Peterson for picking me up past three days at Broncos camp I left them with a three to three to one QB scorecard they picked in order Teddy Teddy Lock. so it's now five to four and one Bridgewater narrowly edging out lock by one win through 10 camp days heading into Minnesota week so Two days, Teddy, right? The
1: previous two days and then Locke today, I guess, is that I'm not sure exactly the order there. Well, I mean, this is one guy's opinion, but he's citing others' opinions to form his opinion. So I I really, you know, this why grading Broncos practice and forming winners for every practice at quarterback is such a menial process. I think indisputably Locke won today, but that that doesn't matter much. Just like the other day when Teddy Bridgewater won. Ultimately, whoever plays better in the preseason is going to get the starting job. So... I guess knowing that it's 5-4. How is there a tie, by the way? I mean, really? I mean, come on. Yeah,
0: and like we've been saying, uh, not everyone agrees with the with us on this point, Zach. Tie goes to the incumbent. <clears throat> tie goes to the young guy. Because, you know, if you're, again, as we've talked about, the format of training camp practices and just the way it works typically favors the buttoned-up veteran, the experienced guy, And even though Teddy's not like, you know, we're not talking about Tom Brady over here as far as a gray beard, you know, long tooth NFL QB, he does have nearly three times the amount of NFL starts as Drew Locke. And you would expect that to come out in the wash. And it's not really, you know, it's not. And that should be encouraging to Broncos fans. Like some fans are a little bit frustrated, Zach, that there's not some, thank you, Andrew, that there is not some you know, definitive separation on the part of Drew Locke up to this point. But the fact that he's been able to keep pace and at times edge out Teddy Bridgewater through 10 practices, to me it's encouraging because I still expect the shine when it comes to come in the preseason games for Drew.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I can slam my head on the keyboard right now and get the same result because that's what we've been doing, Chad, figuratively for six months. Um, it's funny, though. You know, people are knocking Locke for not separating from Bridgewater, but no one's really talking about the inverse, which is the veteran, the former longtime starter, multiple teams can't separate from the inconsistent and Paxton Lynch 2.0 quarterback and drew Locke. I think that's something worth bearing in mind as well. I saw one tweet yesterday that said the Broncos have two really good backup quarterbacks I don't agree with that, but I don't think that it's an indictment on Locke that he can't move from Bridgewater, nor if that Bridgewater can't move from Locke. It's just that no one's talking about that second scenario.
0: Look at the stars. Look at the love. I mean, the Facebook crew is starting to uh, more than compete with our YouTube superstars. Travis... Thank you for those stars, my friend. We will keep an eye out, by the way, for any of your questions or comments. Michael, thank you, buddy. Zeus, showing out as he is wont to do, just like he was today for Kelberman's Corner. Randy as well. Thank you, Randy. Gary as well. Andrew. Andrew. I will say Andrew L. and Andrew M. And then, of course, Dave Glassman. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, guys. All adding up. And you guys are putting yourselves closer <laughs> running-wise for that giveaway. Yes. Thank you. Uh, all right. All right. Speaking of stars, as Gary says, yes, indeed. Um, Here's Travis. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Hope the weekend was good. How was Locke today? Heard he was lighting it up, or did I hear wrong? Also, what are your thoughts about the Lorenzo Neal Jr. signing? Yeah, Locke did have a good day. You know, I was not there. Zach was not there. In fact, a lot of the media, only, what do they call it, Zach, tier one, you know, local print, radio, television, uh, that's who's there. Um, yeah. with a couple of exceptions. Everyone else, because the expectation was it was going to be at the stadium today, and so they kind of flipped things around. That's why our Luke Patterson wasn't there. We couldn't get it from the horse's mouth today. But word on the street, Zach Drew won the day. As I mentioned, I saw a few clips, one of which was a beautiful bomb to Cortland Sutton beating Kyle Fuller in coverage.
1: Yeah. Perfect throw. Perfect throw. Uh, That's an important point. I'm glad you said that. I mean, it's one thing when you're connecting to Cortland Sutton, anyone can throw a ball down the field, you know, but when you're beating a former uh, Pro Bowl cornerback in Kyle Fuller and doing so fairly convincingly, I think that's something to bear in mind in this competition. I still don't say, though, you know, we can – I see Ace in the comments saying that we're taking up for Locke. There's no separation after today. He had a good practice, but the other day, Teddy Bridgewater had a good practice. It's whoever has the quote-unquote last laugh in this competition, whoever makes the the best final impression to Vic Fangio, whether that's in two weeks, three weeks, or right before week one, that Saturday night before the Giants game, I think he's going to get the job. Is it encouraging that Locke hit Cortland Sutton? Yeah, but it's encouraging other times when Teddy Bridgewater looked good. Again, the – Ultimate goal that we all can agree on here is that a Broncos quarterback this season is competent and helps the team win no matter who it is.
0: Yes, indeed. Zeus, love you, buddy. You, you, the man, you know Thank this. You. Um, yeah, here, this is a good point, guys, from Rick on Facebook. I can't imagine getting handed a new offensive coordinator in the last second during a global pandemic as you're headed right into a rushed football season. That's what Locke had to go through. Excuse us. Yeah, Excuses? Yeah, I mean, you're just you're just uh, making excuses for this kid. Yep. And here's the thing: I don't think even though the most acerbic Broncos fans on the that are most afflicted Zach by locked derangement syndrome. I don't think they would be nearly the derangement wouldn't be nearly as acute if for Justin Herbert. It's that QB envy in the comparison. <laughs> People see that Justin Herbert produced a unicorn-type season. And guys, let me remind you, whether it was a pandemic-influenced offseason or not, I mean, Justin Herbert broke the mold for rookie quarterbacks last year, right? So you have to view that as the unicorn. You can't say, you know, this is a, a rational, reasonable, plausible expectation unicorn over here, and Drew fell short. You know, it's he managed to not only produce one of the greatest rookie quarterback campaigns of all time, Zach, but he also did it in a very challenging uh, off-season slash football season.
1: Look at that, Chad. Right on cue. Herbert ran into a worse situation and killed it. Enough with the excuses for Locke. It's not really an excuse. I mean, look at the coordinator. You talk about a global pandemic. Look at the coordinator that Drew Locke was handed. Not, you know, Matt LaFleur, not Kyle Shanahan, uh, Pat Shermer. That's a far deviation from those two others. And also, you keep in mind, he lost Cortland Sutton. Two rookie wide receivers were his number ones. He had a swinging door at right tackle. He had a rookie center he was breaking in. And Dalton Reisner left guard was also shaky. Those aren't excuses. Those are all facts. That's the difference, though, with people with LDS. They see those as excuses. They want to cover their ears and cover their eyes. They don't want to hear that. But that's actually what's real. Those are just indisputable statements, period.
0: Trevor says, got my MHH shirt and mug. We saw that, my friend. We put you up on uh, Instagram. Appreciate you. He said, excellent shirt and mug. Would recommend everyone get one very good quality. Hey, dude, that's a testimonial we can use. Thanks, buddy. HuddleUpPod.com. Go get your favorite t-shirt. Go get your favorite hat. Get your swag on, guys.
1: Funny, though, I seem to remember Locke beating Herbert head-to-head last year. Yep. And the game-winning drive, that was all Drew Locke, but people forget.
0: That, to me, was... I mean, you got the three watershed games for Drew Locke. You got the Houston game as a rook. You got that game against the Chargers. You got the Carolina Panthers game. Those are his three big, you know, highlight, biggest, most complete games, right? That you're really looking for as far as signs of a franchise caliber guy. That one to me, compared to the Houston game and compared to the Panthers game, it's arguably more impressive because the dude dug himself a hole, like a deep one, man. He did not play well through three quarters. And you could even argue, perhaps, that if Philip Lindsay doesn't bust off that 60-plus yard touchdown in the third quarter to get things moving, maybe he doesn't ever turn the corner in that game, but he did. You know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we've we've all heard that one a million times. <clears throat> Bottom line is he did. And that third, that, or excuse me, that fourth quarter, Zach, three touchdowns, the walk-off score. I mean, that's what you
1: live for, man. So <laughs> instead of giving Locke credit for engineering a game-winning drive, it's a classic Chargers meltdown. It's amazing. It, it really is amazing. It's not that it's Drew Locke. If this was any other quarterback that Broncos country is reacting this way to, I would say the same thing. I just can't stand it, Shaq. I mean, even look at the Patriots game. If his receivers could catch passes, he would have had four or five touchdowns. Look at the Raiders game. If his if the co- coaching staff and the defense didn't blow it, they would have won that game because of Drew Locke. Look at the long. Touchdown! He had a Jerry Judy. I mean, these are indisputable facts, and people want to form any narrative and come up with any excuse. Those are excuses. A classic Chargers meltdown. That's an excuse for not giving Locke credit. Sorry, Josh. Is what it is. How true that is.
0: Uh, Ruben says, "Which quarterback will start Saturday versus the Vikings?" Fangio was asked that. Um, I think it was last week, and he said it probably Drew Luck. My, I would be stunned. Like if the first 10 practices, Drew had just been completely punked by Teddy in practice, I don't think the Broncos could plausibly start him without raising some eyebrows in the locker room. But that isn't how it's shaken out. And so it's going to go to the incumbent first, just like the first snap went to Drew and all that stuff. And then the chips will fall. We'll see how they, how they shake out, Zach.
1: Yeah, I'd be really surprised if it wasn't Locke starting on uh, on Saturday. But keep in mind, they're probably going to get even reps in that game, Lock and Bridgewater. So don't read too much into who gets the first snap. It's going to be an entire process this preseason.
0: Michael says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Excited for Broncos players in the Hall of Fame this weekend. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed, buddy. A great weekend to be a Broncos fan. I mean, just think of all the years. Uh, it's like when it rains, it pours, but in a good way. All the years that the Broncos were the drought, the Hall of Fame droughts and being shined. I mean, things really have started to turn from about TD on right from TD to champ to and we're
1: outwater. I mean, it's, Mr. B, Mr. B. Thank you. I mean, it's the it's rolling in the right direction. Right. I think that was it. I mean, with the whole Jerry Jones getting in before, and uh, there was such upheaval about that, that Pat Boland couldn't get in, but Jerry Jones got in. And considering what Pat Boland has did for the NFL, I think it turned with with him, but also, like you said, TD and now Peyton Manning. And hopefully, Chad, we'll see the Mecklenburgs of the world in the Hall of Fame uh, very, very soon.
0: What's up, Big Earn? Good to see you, buddy. He says, Atwater, Lynch, and Manning in the Hall. Yes, indeed. It's a good good day to be a Broncos fan. Uh, Pugsy Bowers, Pugsy Bows. Why people are saying a battle is even between Drew and Teddy. Locke has 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. Teddy has eight to five. I mean, I don't know where you're getting your stats. I mean, I f- wouldn't surprise me if that were true. But, yeah, it was Teddy, actually, Zach, that broke the turnover ice, right? He's the one, first one to throw picks, and it was a multiple pick day a week ago Saturday.
1: Yeah, didn't he have three? And we've heard nothing about it. But if it was Locke, you know, we'd still be talking about it, It'd be headline news. I don't know that Locke is uh, fourteen. What was it fourteen and four? I think he has a few more picks than four. But I mean, he's uh, he's making the splash plays for the most part, which is encouraging.
0: Mike says those who hate on Drew complain about consistency in quotes. But when he has a great day of practice, balls out, makes throws that very few can make, they either deflect or go silent about it. ironic considering the demand for consistency. Yeah. It's because like Zach did a good job of illustrating just a few moments ago, Mike uh, fans and media depends on, you know, who it is, but they dig themselves and they paint themselves into a corner. Right. And then instead of just calling a, uh, calling it like it is calling a spade, a spade, it's like us, like you guys know that, we believe it's in the team's best interest that Drew goes out and wins this thing. So you could say, you know, on one hand, we're rooting for Drew to do that. But we're not going to look past and blindly ignore when Teddy does something well or has a good day. Right. That's the big difference between someone who's deranged either way, Drew stands, or Drew Derangement right. Syndrome, is, you know, given – got to balance out those views. And so, Mike, the people who are unable to do that typically – It's people who have gone so far out on a limb, digging themselves in a specific take or position that they feel like they have to continuously defend that position, even in the face of new information and contrary data.
1: And logic and facts. And it's, you know, it's okay to be right of center or left of center, but the problem is when you go radical one way or the other, if you're a radical drew lock Stan, as Chad said, or if you're a radical pro Teddy Bridgewater guy, I think that's a bad position to take because you should be rooting for both quarterbacks to do well, not just one or the other rooting for the Broncos to do well. And when Locke threw picks in training camp, I wasn't throwing my hands up. It's not that big of a deal yet. I was also criticizing him. When Teddy Bridgewater threw three picks in one practice, I criticized him. When he had a good practice, I praised him. On KK earlier today, Chad, I even opened up by saying both quarterbacks are doing really well. There's no bias. There's no subjectivity. All objectivity. And I think that's the view that Broncos country should take. Root for both, not for one or the other.
0: Naj al it's great to see you, my friend. Really appreciate your support, as always. I hope you know that. And it would really be cool, man, to meet you face-to-face at the MHH meet-and-greet September 26th. That is Denver's home opener, week three. New York Jets coming to town. We're going to have a big old tent right out front of the stadium. Tailgate, have a little fun leading up to kick. We want to meet as many of our great community members, listeners, fans as possible. So hope to see you there, Naj. If it's not in the cards, we understand, though. He says, hey brothers, I think part of why uh excuse me, I think part of why Locke takes a lot of heat from a segment of Broncos fans is the overall disgust with the constant three and outs and turnovers. This was an issue before Locke, but hasn't improved. Yeah, it's all there, it's a it's a tapestry, all right, of of factors that contribute to lock derangement syndrome, Zach. A, a couple of them that we haven't mentioned tonight is the fact that You know, he was unfortunate enough to come in on the tail end of a dark, I mean, not arguably, the darkest period of time in modern team history. And then you combine that with why was it dark? I mean, a big reason why the Broncos have struggled to succeed is bad offense. And yes, quarterback, but bad offensive coordinators, you know, guys that just can't tactically um, fit into the NFL, compete in the NFL – So, yes, you get a lot of three and outs, and you get a lot of uh, the turnovers and stuff like that. That's all part of the tapestry, but it's not the biggest reason, bro.
1: It's it's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, the common denominator, obviously, the Broncos have had crappy quarterback play since Peyton Manning, but name the last – good offensive coach the Broncos had the last good innovative coordinator. I mean, you're talking since Gary Kubiak, the likes of Mike McCoy, Bill Musgrave. I mean, Skangarolo, I think was the closest one. And even he had his own deficiencies, but when you have a, a, a coordinator now in Pat Shermer, who refuses to utilize his own weapons, of which there are many, when he calls a fourth and one, what was it, a tight end sweep near the goal line? I mean, that's doing nothing to help your quarterback. So Locke did contribute for sure to three and outs last year, but the coordinating and the play calling did them no favors either.
0: The stream jumped a few of our great superstars, so I'm going to reverse engineer them here into the conversation. Thank you for the support, Andrew, on both. Is it is it both fronts, I want to say? Yeah, he's supporting us on Facebook and on YouTube as a superstar. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate that. He says, I really wish I was at Canton today. It's a blast doing the Hall of Fame experience. Peyton is totally a Bronco more than he is a Colt. That's up for argument. I think that's another one of those things that is in the eye of the beholder. If it wasn't for, you know, if, if he would have come to Denver, Zach, and like, let's say that last version of, of Peyton, that 2015 version where he was really starting to kind of fall apart physically. If that was the, the Peyton in Denver the whole time, I think you know, obviously it wouldn't have come out in the wash for the team the way it did. They wouldn't have won four straight titles with Peyton. They wouldn't have made it to two different Super Bowls if that was him, because they didn't have that defense the whole time. But nevertheless, that's not how it shook out. I still, Zach, have a hard time saying he's more a Bronco than he is a Colt, personally. I, I just I just think it's I mean, recency bias plays a big part, especially in the heart yeah. of a fan. But, dude, he played 14 years. I mean, one of those years he was sidelined. But 14 years in Indianapolis, he's still Zach. He fit in a lot in that four years he was in Denver. I mean, he checked so many boxes, MVP, comeback player, all the records in 2013, more AF, you know uh, division titles, Super Bowl trips, all that stuff. I mean, he sure crammed a lot into that final four years in Denver. So I can understand that argument most definitely.
1: Yeah, I can too, and especially when you split it by titles. He won one in Indy and one in Denver, so it's it's a wash there. To, you know, despite the the years he played and the discrepancy with that, you know, putting my psychologist hat on for a second, Chad, as I want to do, um, I think Peyton just felt more free. I think he felt reinvigorated by coming to Denver. I felt like he got his second wind and he just had more fun. I mean, I feel like he was also motivated by a fellow, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback in John Elway. And he also just got, you know, got to be better teammates with those around him. He had more fun in Denver. It was a more loose atmosphere maybe than Indianapolis. And like you said, I think setting those records and winning divisions and then winning the Super Bowl, those were kind of few and far between in Indianapolis. I mean, they would have early playoff exits. They couldn't get past the Patriots for the longest time. And now in Denver, he came there, Chad, and he beat, the Patriots every time. He advanced to the Super Bowl within a few short years. I just think Peyton had a better experience overall, and he just liked the atmosphere in Denver more than the Colts.
0: That is what made another thing that made that 4 year so storybook is as the as the Patriots, and they. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the year they did win it, 06. They did have to get past the Patriots in the AFC title game, and they managed to do it once. But you're right. They kept getting bounced by the Patriots, and yet both trips to the Super Bowl in Denver, vanquished Tom Brady in the AFC title game, and that just makes it all the more poetic. Willie, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. One of our longtime bona fide superstars. He says, "I'm just here to say, Drew Lock. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know where he gets these emojis from that are so they paint the picture in a kind of a specific way. I don't know where the influence comes from, but I feel you. Thank you, Willie. Appreciate you." Also, Zeus, supporting Zeus. the cause at Kelberman's Corner. Supporting the cause thank you, Steve. on Facebook. Supporting the cause on YouTube. So I got to get one in. Ready? Zeus! Man, that sounded like a teenager almost. Dude, thank you. <laughs> love you, Zeus. Are we going to see you September 26th? He says, I love seeing some Broncos get inducted into the hall. Yes, indeed, brother. Yes, indeed. More to come. Um, let us know on the 26th, dude. It'd be great. Jake, thank you for your patience. Waiting, buddy. He says, hey, guys, I hear Natani Muti getting first team reps today. Could Graham Glasgow's job be in trouble? I know he got paid, but not by George Payton. Um, yeah, Muti is, you know, I'm going to say Muti because someone said, the, I was listening to a presser the other day, Zach, and, and his name came up and it was pronounced by the person who's saying it, Moody. So I'm thinking, who Moody? M-O-O, because that's a real surname, right? M-O-O-D-E-Y, or it might just be Y. And I'm thinking Moody. Oh, Moody. So I, I got to remind myself, Moody. But yes, he's been one of the young studs so far of camp, one of the sh- uh, stars shining out, so to speak. But Glasgow is very entrenched. Glasgow's job, in my opinion, Zach, does not get relinquished, barring an injury. Or, you know, goes on, knock on wood, like the the virus list in the middle of the season or something, and that gives muti a foot in the door that maybe he doesn't, you know, relinquish. I, I just don't see it as great as he's been. He's a guy that's for 2022 and beyond.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, today, I mean, Graham Glasgow, a friend of the show, I wish him nothing but the best, obviously, for Denver. Um, Today, though, (laughs) it wasn't a great practice for Glasgow. He got ran over and flattened by Draymond Jones, who's going to be a Pro Bowler this year. It's not too surprising, but I put this out there on Twitter, my other point here, Chad, the other day. I said, by midseason, if not sooner, Javante Williams and Natani Muti will be starting for Denver. And that caught a lot of people by surprise. I mean, even... I think it was DVDD they talked about it, and uh, I think Eric disagreed and and said the same thing you said. I don't know, though. And everyone's saying there's no way he can um, get into the game, into the starting lineup without injury or ineffectiveness. How else is he supposed to get in there? I mean, Glasgow is the starter, but in my opinion, he's very highly paid, and when he was healthy last year— I don't know. I think it was some sort of replacement level. And I just love Moody's upside, Chad. I really, really do, especially in run blocking. The guy might be the strongest Denver Bronco on the team right now. I love to see him just flatten folks out there. And it's only a matter of time, though, whether it's by midseason or next year before Moody is your starting right guard.
0: You know, I think if you were to pull the locker room, and ask them who's the strongest guy here, it would be Natani Muti would win in a landslide, in a landslide. He is the strongest guy. Just got to hone those uh, pass blocking chops. He got first
1: team reps today, though. Yes. Don't doubt me. (laughs) That's a
0: sign. I mean, that's a shot across Graham's bow. You know, like he needs to take that seriously. Let's hope he does. Uh, Brandon Harden, what's going on, dog? Thank you. Bama Broncos in the house. He says, I'm watching Teddy and Locke. It's a great horse race. Yes, indeed. They're neck and neck. It's like the, uh, what what do you call that horse race, dude? I just had a brain fart. What's the famous? No, the famous horse race that everyone goes to. Kentucky Derby. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's like that. The Denver Derby. We'll call it that, right? Denver Derby. Love that. Chad, we're seeing some disturbing names in the comments, though, based on, you know, (laughs) old Broncos linemen. I see Juwan James and I see Ronald Leary. Mm -hmm. Please, guys, don't remind us of that. Let's just be happy they have Natani Muzi now.
0: I will see your Ronald Leary, and I will raise you Louis Vasquez. All right. Louis was obviously draft pick of the Chargers, played four years, solid, not spectacular. Still, he ended up being a coveted free agent in 2012. John Elway went out, paid this man, second-team All-Pro, or was he first-team? Either way, All-Pro, contributed to a world championship. So, yeah, Ron, Ron, uh, Leary, that was, uh, you know, didn't shake out because of the injury bug, but I'm hoping Graham ends up trending more toward Vasquez than he does. Obviously, uh, Ron Leary,
1: I'll see your Vasquez and raise you a Max Garcia and Alan Barber. Remember him from 2017? Good times.
0: Yeah. But in the, you know, to play devil's advocate, Barber wasn't a big free agent signing. I mean, he was a, uh vet minimum type guy that hey can you play a little tackle as well yeah i'm just plumbing (laughs) the ptsd in my mind i know i know um just an update the stars continuing to shine zeus is now in the lead on facebook today love you bro uh travis weber michael randy andrew baker what's up gary andrew lamp andrew morrow dave glassman uh let me see make sure i'm not missing anyone thank you guys love you appreciate you Von Miller jersey, we're inching our way closer to that 500,000 stars, and we can't wait to see who gets that bad boy. It's going to be fun. Um, here's an interesting uh, trigger. Mike says Dan Marino failed getting his team a Super Bowl win his whole career, and yet Trent Dilfer uh, and countless others did it. Does that mean Marino failed? I don't think there's anyone on God's green earth that would tell you Dan Marino failed as an NFL Q except for maybe Dan, you know, in his heart of hearts he probably, you know, he didn't get that he didn't get the ring. He got to one. He got to one, but uh, I'm trying to remember who beat him. Dallas Cowboys, no. Was it Dallas? I'm trying to remember who the who the Dolphins lost to in 84. That was the year he tossed, you know, 48 touchdowns it stood until Peyton broke that record in 04 with 49 but yeah dan marino he's a legend dude he's he's legend hall of famer you wish he could have got a ring it didn't shake out is he a failure obviously not
1: is he the greatest quarterback to never win a ring though
0: that's a good question that's a great question i would say off the top of my head yes but arguments to be had in that conversation include jim kelly who went to four right dan got to got to one (laughs) Jim got to four and should have won one, man. That first one, they should have won if not right, for right. Scott Norwood. I I mean, you want to feel pity for a human being. Scott Norwood, yeah. my Lord. But uh, Jim Kelly would probably be the only other true threat there. Maybe you could throw in Warren Moon. Um, I'm trying to think. Who are some of the guys?
1: Tarkington from
0: uh, Kenneth Patton. Yeah, Tarkington. Definitely Tarkenton got to four, just like Jim. I'm pretty sure he was the cue for all four of those trips. But, yeah, great question, buddy. Great question. All right, let me see. We're we're at 44 minutes, Zach. Let's see what else is on everybody's mind, and then uh, we'll get out of here relatively on time. And we got a lot of superstars who've been very patient. Uh, Dave wants to know, by the way, guys, how does an out-of-towner watch a preseason game? Hashtag state of being. Uh, Let me uh, I'll tell you what I've done is for all things uh, relative to the NFL, like because sometimes games don't get televised in Denver, depending because especially now the Broncos are not high profile. They didn't get a a primetime game this year, all that stuff. YouTube TV. I mean, we're on YouTube. I guess I'll throw him a bone here. Um, Gets around a lot of that stuff.
1: But yeah, help Dave out there. Chad, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the Vikings game televised on NFL Network? I think it's live. I'm not sure on that. I'll check back. Um, yeah. Shane's saying that. Kenny's saying cool. that. The first two were televised, Kenny. I didn't know that. I know the first one was. But um, NFL Game Pass, as well, for any out of towners, you can uh, do like a week subscription and just cancel like right after the game so you don't get charged. There's also other websites out there. I would just Google it without naming names.
0: Yeah. Jalen on. YouTube with a super chat, a newer name. So Jalen, thank you. Welcome. Connect with us on Twitter because we like to keep tabs on our superstars, shout you out after the show. Welcome. He says, I can't wait until we have that jointed practice with the Vikings. Can't wait to see what Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater do against another defense. Other than the Broncos, we could see a difference between the two QBs. That's a spot. Absolutely. Zach, where you could begin to see separation and it might even be in Teddy's favor I don't think it will shake out that way but that's another opportunity for things to really begin to crystallize
1: yeah soon enough but not not up until this point I wouldn't read too much into scorecards or who's saying what let the games play out and then we'll go from there
0: um all right let me see uh I know we got Mark in the house I'm trying to find him but the chat is is so busy tonight I love it uh in the meantime let me grab Corey H and then I'm gonna grab Mark Corey, Zach, he says, "I and thank you, Corey, you are a long-time OG superstar. He says, I'm so excited that both sides, Bridgewater and Locke, uh, are going to have real data very, very soon. This week should tell us
1: so much. Go Broncos. True, man. Absolutely. Literally cannot come soon enough. I mean, the six-month debate, or since the draft at least with Teddy Bridgewater, is soon going to come to an end. Thank goodness. All right, let's grab Mark Langley a Mount Rushmore superstar, not just a friend
0: to Zach and myself, but just a bona fide good man. We love you, yeah. Mark. Thank you for that very generous super chat, brother. He says, what's up my guys. What a great speech from Peyton Manning. What a great man and a player hashtag the sheriff, hashtag Omaha, hashtag huddle up pod, MHH and football priests. Yeah. I loved how he also kind of told the little anecdote about where hurry, hurry came from. Which actually, the genesis of that being from his day in the in um, Indianapolis. But yes, absolutely. And Mark, seriously, dude, thank you so much. Give our best to the misses. Hope you're doing well.
1: Mark, you know you are such a great friend to Chad and I personally off air, and, and again, you know, we say this all the time, but we mean it. Thank you for your generosity. It blows us away. Seriously, Mark, thank you.
0: All right, let me see real quick here. The last, so Corey H, let me see who's in between Corey. Oh, another one from Brandon. We don't want to miss Bama Broncos' second super chat of this evening. Let me go ahead and paste it in here. Oh, dang it. I did it wrong. Hold on one sec. Copy and paste. All right, Brandon again. Thanks, bro. Uh,
1: No days. All right, Zach, syntax (laughs) this for me, please, bro. No days your two-string and three-string players have to to do just as good as the first-string rotate players. Fresh feet will fresh feet. Fresh feet win ball games.
0: All right, yeah, dude. I mean, I think what he's saying is your second team and your third team guys have to be as good if uh, or close to as good as your starters because you need to be able to rotate, rotate. fresh players to win yeah. ball games. If we miss the mark on that, Brandon, go ahead and clarify, but. You know, the good news on that front, Zach, this is, in my opinion, now it's on paper, but it is the deepest roster this team yes. has had since not, since, since 2016 because that was, I mean, with the exception of Peyton and one or two, uh, you know, Danny Trevathan departed and all that. But for the most part, it was still the Super Bowl 50 team on the tail end of its prime. Malik, of course, too. So three guys gone off the top of my head. Uh, I think Julius was Julius gone by then. Yeah, he he left after 14. Uh, but either way, that was a deep roster. And it's the reason, you know, it was deep is they won. They got the nine and seven with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch starting quarterback. So this team has some depth. It's just a matter of, hey, man, can the coaches do what they need to do schematically? And can a quarterback turn the corner?
1: Uh, Yeah. And that's exactly my point is look how deep the Broncos are at their second string. just on offense alone, even at quarterback, they have two passable quarterbacks. You can, you can make the case. They're better than that. At running back, they have Williams and Gordon, that receiver. They, we all know how good they are there. Even tight end, they have Alberto and Noah fan, even, you know, center and guard, they have backups like Quinn minor and Natani Mutsi that can come in and be starters. So this really is a deep roster and it's a good point, Brandon. They have to be fresh. The, The good thing is though, This is not the Broncos of 2018-2019 where their first stringers are good and their backups are terrible. Some of their backups would be starters on most other teams.
0: Guys, thank you for the reminder. It was the 49ers that Marino lost to in that Super Bowl. Appreciate you. Seth Harmon, another legendary superstar. Good to see you, bro. Thank you. He says, do you guys expect the quarterback reps to be 50-50 in the first preseason game? And do you think whoever starts that game will be a sign of who that starting quarterback is going to be? The second question, I say no. The first question, um, I'm not going to say yes. I'm not sure they're going to do that because I think it's going to kind of be flow of game dependent, to be honest with you. And if it comes out of that week being – That game, I should say, being uneven. They have a ready-made excuse, which is, yeah, of course. I mean, this was our plan all along. You know, that's why we got two more preseason games. It's going to be 50-50. Fangio has said that a million times. There might be days where one gets more than the other, but when it's all said and done in the final analysis, it'll end up being 50-50. We'll see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, context is important because the Broncos might be on a long drive and they might want to give Locke a few reps, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have that long drive, so he loses those reps, and it's an uneven distribution. The one certainty, though, is that Brett Rippon is going to get a ton of work against Minnesota, so hopefully he can make some hay.
0: Dennis, another legendary superstar. Great to see you. Really appreciate you, bro. Just showing some love and appreciation. Also, congrats to Peyton, Steve, and John. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life and state of being. Dennis is one of our great superstars. We have many of them who exemplify that that saying of ours, which is Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And Dennis up there in uh, Michigan. So good to see you, bro. Thank you, G-Dub. Uh, all right, 52 minutes. Let me double check the stream here. We got to get going here very soon. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to flash this, what Eddie's saying for those trying to find things, uh, you know, trying to find ways to watch games that are not televised in your sector, um, but I'm not going to say it, okay? Um, Mike again. Here's uh, Jorge saying your guys' uh, podcast is way too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jorge. I, I I'm going to take a wild guess that Jorge is one of those guys that Uh, could not be bothered to like the video, and he probably hung out through half the podcast. Jorge's a Raiders fan. Mike, I can give you an example. Explain to me how Kurt Warner has so much success with the Rams right away. Then was absolutely horrendous for the Giants, and then after that, incredible for the Cardinals. I'll tell you why. Coaching, O-line, and a better overall team around him, football is the ultimate team sport. It is, absolutely. And yeah, it's, you know, you got to have the right combination of juice he had Mike Martz you know greatest show on turf there with the Rams went to New York during a very uh that was the beginning of the I think he predated Coughlin and then Coughlin and then when he came to Arizona you know you get Ken Wisenhunt and Bruce Arians or was Bruce there maybe it was just Wisenhunt actually now that I think about it but either way
1: you had the balance you're absolutely right on that it is the ultimate team sport. I would, you know, I don't know if the comparison is talking about Locke and, and Kurt Warner. I would maybe, you know, pump the brakes on that. Kurt Warner is a Hall of Fame quarterback for a reason, and you never want to jump and make those comparisons. But it's true that multiple things go into it. And that's why Chad and I have been saying since the season ended it wasn't just Locke, it wasn't just Pat Shermer, it was multiple things at once.
0: Chris P., good to see you, buddy been a minute. How are you? He says, good analysis as always. Hey, thanks bro. And thank you for the super chat. Um, Zach, this is interesting from Jay Roper and it's a good point, And it is one that I has, have observed myself. He says, Drew's lower body looks more built, which is going to help him break sacks, help keep him healthy. He is significantly bigger this year and that's going to help him. As you mentioned, the lower body, yes, but the upper body too. I mean, he was relatively skinny guy when he got hit from behind by bud dupree in that pittsburgh game zach and driven Mm. into the ground when you got more muscle tissue and fiber and all this and that protecting your joints and all that stuff it's it's armor right it's not only uh, uh you know part of your weaponry as a quarterback but it's armor as well so let's hope it plays out that way jay
1: yeah, it can hurt. It should maybe keep Locke a little more durable because that's one of the knocks. is He's apparently injury prone. But, you know, Chad, one of the strengths of Locke's game last year was breaking sacks or avoiding sacks. So he was already good at that. So hopefully the increased mass and the muscle will even help him get uh, better. <laughs>
0: uh, Sleepy 702. Y'all being t- hard, too hard on Teddy. He had a career year last year with a career-high 15 touchdowns. That That's one more than... The fourteen he threw his Pro Bowl season was that all Teddy did? Teddy Bridgewater stats. I got to see this real quick.
1: There's no way he made it with fourteen touchdowns unless he was an alternate. I mean the the Vikings did win eleven games that year, but let me double check this. Fourteen
0: now, in, in sixteen yeah, games though. Fourteen and nine picks Pro Bowl, but it was the eleven and five <clears throat> record, and I'm guessing he probably was uh, as you say he was probably an alternate. <laughs>
1: And people are, I don't know if that comment, I think it's tongue in cheek, but people forget that he also threw 11 picks last year at Teddy Bridgewater and everyone gets on lock for 15. There's not a big discrepancy there. And what did you just say? It was uh 14 touchdowns and how many picks? Nine. That's, he's always kind of even in that department. Uh,
0: real quick here. Not allowed here. Good to see you. It's been a minute. He says, I'm out here in California. Go Broncos. What's going on with all those forest fires out there, dog? I mean, the entire West is completely just, you know, it's like the worst air quality in the world basically right now. Thanks to a lot of it being from California wildfires for what it's worth, but not allowed here. Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. And you are allowed here. Oh, yes. Always allowed here. All right. One last thing, guys, before we go, Trevor's saying he was an alternate. Thank you for that, buddy. Um, I want to just do a final score for today on Facebook. Zach, it'll take me a second if you want to grab one or two, you know, someone else while I'm pulling
1: this up. And yeah, then we'll I'm just I'm just scrolling right now. I see that we're talking about Trevor Simeon making a Pro Bowl. So that's our huge ad that we're winding down for this evening. But he didn't. Um,
0: he, he didn't. He might have been named an alternate. he, oh, didn't he was an alternate, back. yeah. He didn't
1: get in. Because there's I,
0: being named an alternate, and then there's being an alternate that actually – ends up in the Pro Bowl. So if you're an alternate that makes the Pro Bowl because two or three or however many guys ahead of you bowed out, that technically goes on your resume as a Pro Bowl not. If you're an alternate and Ben Roethlisberger decides to play the game and you don't show up and you don't get to play, then you're technically not a Pro Bowl.
1: Right. And our pal here, this is a really you know non-Broncos talking point, but Trey Lance is looking so freaking good at Niners camp. This was my favorite quarterback in this draft class, and this was the quarterback that I think the Broncos wanted. This was the guy they would have taken at number nine. We, they talk about passing on Fields and passing on Mac Jones. I don't think they would have passed on Trey Lance. He is as advertised so far, and it's only a matter of time before he's starting for Kyle Shanahan.
0: All right, here is the roundup for today. Zeus finishes in the lead, no surprise. Michael though leapfrogs Travis for number two. Travis. It's all good, dude. 1,600 stars. Phenomenal. Seriously. Blows my hair back. See? It's gone. Randy, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Uh, Also, Gary, Andrew Lamp, Andrew Morrow. And then Lewis Condon jumping in. Appreciate that, Lewis. Thank Uh, you. Dave Glassman. Am I missing anybody? I hope not. Either way, guys, we will provide to you tomorrow night when we go live a fully updated running of the top 10. So thank you so much. Appreciate you guys being here. As Dylan said, great conversation. Um, You know, sorry we got to slap on you an hour-long conversation about your Denver Broncos. Like, you know, we're we're an hour too long, according to whatever that dude's name was. But (laughs) either way, guys, thank you so much, Zach. Sign us off. We'll see everybody tomorrow. We have a T-shirt. Oh,
1: yeah, thank you. Thank you. Go through the uh, rundown and I'll grab it while you're doing that. I got you, Broncos country. Always. Uh, This was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. As always, you can follow the Huddle Up pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. Be sure, guys, if you haven't already, to go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag, get yourself a hat, get yourself a shirt, etc. Coffee mug. We got a testimonial today in the chat that they got a coffee mug and a shirt they like it a lot i promise you guys in quality we appreciate your patronage also facebook.com slash mile high huddle big blue button become a supporter uh Kelberman's corner every weekend Broncos book club trickle zone more on the way we appreciate everyone tuning in with that and helping that grow also facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod like the page there as well if you can't do any of those things though we still love you we still respect you and appreciate you we just ask these three things that take a few seconds Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on our channel. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos country, and it's the greatest thing you can do to bring your fellow Broncos fans into the manger with us. Thank you, guys!
0: All right, here we go. The winner of last week's giveaway for the for the uh, you got to be liking and following the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. And many thousands of you are, but we need way more of you, too. You know, we we're, we have some plans for that page, but we can't roll it out till we get it to scale. So keep, guys, even if Facebook's not your main jam, like maybe you're more Twitter or maybe you're more YouTube or maybe you're pick a social media channel, whatever. If you have a Facebook account, go give us a like and a follow the actual Huddle Up podcast Facebook page. It helps us, you know, the calls to action, but it also uh, enters you into the weekly Running for a t-shirt. So to this week's winner, congratulations. Eddie Wade, thank you for liking and following the Facebook page, taking our call to action to heart. And guys, listen, you know, a lot of times you see names pop up on here that you don't recognize in the chat because trust us when we say there are thousands and thousands of people that listen to this podcast every single day, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, all the different channels that this streams to that don't participate in the actual chat, but they're listening, right? And then it's really cool, Zach. One of the funnest things we love seeing is someone who comes in, maybe they throw up a super chat, maybe they throw up some stars and it's their first time contributing to the conversation and they do it through a super chat or stars. And it just, and they're like, hey, you know, I've been a listener and a lurker for a long time. This is my first, you know, message to the hosts or whatever. We love seeing that. So Eddie Wade, thank you for doing what we ask and taking our call to action to heart. Reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Get us your uh, personal details as far as what your T-shirt size is and your shipping address. We'll get that out to you stat.
1: Thanks, Eddie. Uh, That's going to do it for us tonight, though, Chad. We're back off until tomorrow night, Monday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. More Broncos football to discuss in the run-up. We're in game week now to the Broncos preseason debut next Saturday against the Minnesota Vikings. Please, everyone else out there, have a great weekend. Take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.